follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I am Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? Uh, good, good, Shad. I'm doing good. I am glad to hear it. I'm glad I actually, every... Actually, I'm not good. I'm no? sore. <laughs> I'm You're sore, sore? Because, uh, I wasn't able to work out uh, much uh, when I was on leave for my our daughter. And mm-hmm. uh, I so I, I went, went back to work yesterday, mm-hmm. which is like I'm not really excited about it. But I... Uh, and so, like on my lunch break, I was actually this week was actually starting able to start running again, and I'm sore. <laughs> the muscles, uh, muscles are gonna take a little bit to to get back in shape. Sure. I had I to do that. mulching this weekend in the front yard. I hate mulching more than anything in the entire world. I hate mixing concrete more than anything in the world. But I didn't have to do that this past weekend. That's that's a terrible job because it gets all over everything. My uh, no, my thing this past weekend was I was uh, we had this beautiful big uh, evergreen in our yard, and all kinds of crap had grown up in it. So I was crawling through the thing, cutting down everything that wasn't it, and like dragging it out. So did did you guys? Yeah, yeah, um, early gripe fest. Did you guys see the Phil Spencer interview last week? That's been like endless, like YouTube fodder. I did not. And really a bad look. It was after the Redfall thing. It's it's. It, I'm not an Xbox owner anymore, but man, like they need to get rid of their, their entire leadership over there. Okay. But so essentially, what happened is, if you don't know, Redfall came out last week, and right. it's a total disaster of a game. I think it's at like like a high fifty on Metacritic right now. Ooh. And that's the that's like the professional reviewers. So yeah. he went on some podcast, which he should not do. People of his position should not do that. That is the biggest mistake he made to start with, because you can't, you can never help your cause. You can only make it worse. So essentially, he went on there and said like um, they had internal reviews that had it double digits higher than what it like reviewed at, and this is when it was like still at a 62 and hadn't gone lower. So um, I don't know what who you're listening to, but then he was saying like the like good games aren't going to like aren't going to like make people sell their PS5s or something. And it's just like it's like, wow, Um, you know, people can have more than one console. I and people usually do. Yeah. And it's like you're never going to catch. It's just interesting because Xbox has pretty much tried everything to catch up to Sony and Nintendo except making video games. I'm 
I, I I have to admit, I am stuck on something you already said. We have internal reviews higher. It's like, well, no kidding, you have internal reviews higher. It's like this, the whole, we have investigated ourselves and found no wrongdoing. It's like, yeah, your internal reviews are going to be higher. How is that a bragging point? Well, and this is coming off the heels that they screwed up Halo last year. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. it's an interview where you like look at the quotes and you see him talking and it's like, they need new leadership because this leadership is too comfortable being like in a distant third place. Yeah. This is also coming on the heels. If, if you're talking about Halo, like the real, now they probably have limited interaction, but the really bad Halo TV show. So I have I, a theory. Uh, Most people don't even know is a thing. I have a theory about thing. that show and why it was so bad. Go ahead. It was not written as a Halo show. It was some piece of shit thing they had stuffed away in a in a drawer that they were thinking about making, but no one was interested in. And then they landed the Halo license, so they just uh-huh. reskinned things to be Halo. Okay, yeah, that that would make a lot of sense. Possible. And I think it, um, that shitty Netflix Resident Evil um, show from last year was also a reskin of just like some generic zombie thing. It's not like there's not a history of this. iRobot was exactly that. It was supposed to be a movie called Hardwired, and then they were like, well, we've got the rights to iRobot, and it's like, what's that about? Don't care. Slap it on there. It's like, uh, it doesn't really fit. Don't care. Slap it on there. We've yeah, got Will Smith. Put it on there. That that was annoying, because the iRobot book is actually really good, but it's like more of an anthology book. Than yeah, anything. it's an anthology book, and it's... It, it's a whole different thing. It's not an action thing. Because I think but... it, I think iRobot is a collection of things he wrote for like science fiction magazines over like the course of a couple years. But it's it... a series of short stories, but I I, I can't remember the details around yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, going back to Redfall really quickly, uh, I don't know if you saw, but like the the senior uh, 2D artist or something was really upset and was like. Like, I wasn't expecting people to be so mean about it. And it's like, people can be cruel. Like, people will, like, absolutely, on the internet, go extraordinarily disproportionate. Like, it's a game that's not very good and it's broken. And the proper response is basically be someone like me. It's like, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to buy it then. Well, she courted courted opinion, too. That was her big mistake. That is, yes. But, I mean, people can't be mean when it's like you don't need to be that mean. But she's going to be mean to her, though. She she put herself – I mean, you should not bully people. But, like, in her instance, my issue is people were not going out of their way to be mean to her. She courted it. Yeah, it's it's basically like if you put out a bad product – well, people can be unnecessarily cruel sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like if you're asking like, oh, what does everyone think of the game? And it's a bad game. You're yeah. going to hear very explicitly <laughs> what people's thoughts on the game is. So, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and especially with Redfall, like um, when you think about modern gaming, like I have a lot of complaints about it, but you do not, you often do not get games that come out broken. Like Redfall does Redfall did. Like well, that before is, we that is before we dive too far, let's go ahead and do our shout outs and then get back into yeah. it, because I don't want us to be a half hour in and be like, oh, we need to do. Those. Yeah. Um, first one, Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, CollarAndElbowBrand.com. 
Use the promo code Four Corners Podcast. That's the number four capital C and corners capital P and podcast. Save ten percent off your order. It does work. I just checked right before we uh, right before we started recording. Uh, the folks I used to wrestle in front of in East Kentucky could still use your help. A P P A L S H O P dot org. Apple Shop dot org. If you feel inclined to help them, and our other shout out goes to Matt. Uh, that'd be to Orlando Cologne. You know, or. Uh, WWE Backlash was just in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Uh, we saw the, actually the, an appearance, a cameo by Carlito Colon. Uh-huh. Uh, so I would have really loved to have seen a cameo by Carlito's real-life cousin, not storyline cousin, uh, Orlando. But we did not see that, sadly. No, we did it not. Been, it would have been fun. I mean, every every basically every Puerto Rican star uh, of the past that was on the show like got a big pop. Like Savio mm-hmm. Vega made oh, a cameo yeah. and got like a big pop. So they could have they could have brought Orlando in. He could have just done like a brief thing, had him be part of the LWO. That'd right, be- right, right. That would have been cool. But yeah. And Chad. Yes. Guess what? Internal reviews say that our podcast is top. <laughs> internal top. reviews say that yes, our podcast internal- is highest yeah, quality. Inter- yes, rated quite highly. Yeah, yeah, double digits higher than what most people think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I can also give one more shout out. Uh, that'd be oh. to a friend of the show, Damian, Damian Gonzalez, who's been on the show before. Yeah. Uh, he, I think, watched Backlash uh, and was quite uh, excited uh, cool. th- for the, the Bad Bunny match because Damian is of, uh, of I believe, Puerto Rican descent. So mm-hmm. he was, you know, he glad to see some, some of his uh, brethren represent there. I mm-hmm. I just have to admit I don't I don't care about WWE anymore. Like I can't even feign like interest. I don't really care anymore, but uh it's a whole separate argument, but there is a really actually a good debate to have whether actually who's better, Bad Bunny or Logan Paul. Uh Bad who has like Bunny a, is, I think. I actually would say Bad Bunny. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's funny cuz I think Logan Paul has like a higher ceiling like if he actually like legit was like no i want to be a wrestler and trained that actually made a go of it like i think he actually would be like really really good ironically it's, he'd be really good but it's an i think indictment bunny, of their promotion the bad bunny is the biggest star in the promotion in fairness to bad bunny i mean he's an international star like worldwide star but in, yeah. in fairness to that big bad bunny actually cares which is like so little people care yeah, there. yeah, and he, he actually, wants to do it well. Yeah, he actually tries really hard, and he's very, very charismatic. So I think that actually helps him quite a bit. He actually, they they don't hamstring him with as much as they do everyone else. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so what what were we saying, Brad, about the uh, uh, about modern games and such? Okay. By the way, folks, in case you haven't guessed, tonight is is not going to be. We don't have an overarching topic. We're in the bag of holding tonight because you know it's kind of been a week, and uh, we just decided we're gonna we're yeah. gonna grab back. And we're we're closing down the Dangerous Alliance probably in the next couple weeks, and then I'm starting to research for our next project. So that's what's going on right now. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, the first topic which we kind of got into a bit is so what do we what do we like better about like gaming today than um. In years past. And I think Redfall is a good, like, catalyst for this conversation. Because I think that's part of why 
what that that woman doesn't understand is like today like there's a lot of games that come out you know messed up technically but can be patched to be better but we don't really get like those old school just like busted out of the box like just shit games anymore like those are those are a relative rarity in on the triple a scale when you say busted broken out of the box and then also given the the older time period never going to get better stuff it makes me think of the ljn nes games um the first one that comes to mind for me was actually um ljn x-men on the nes which was horrific it was it's unplayable it was it is unplayable it's really unplayable your characters it doesn't matter who you pick you can barely tell what you're supposed to be doing if the person that you if you're playing multiplayer and the other person moves too far forward it scrolls the screen up and kills you for staying behind it it is horrendous there was um a super nes game that was crash test dummies um because there was this weird stretch where the the National Highway Safety Crash Test Dummies thing got popular enough that they made a they made toys and a TV show and a Super NES game out of it. And the Super NES game was a game wherein your controls I'm stealing a line from here's a callback, Seanbaby.com, but your controls of your crash test dummy were mere suggestions to what you thought the character on the screen could do to acknowledge or discard as they so chose. There's there seems to be a higher floor now of uh, of playability than there used to be. And you don't get stuff like um just the fu things like the that one level in Ninja Gaiden. Uh, or like things that like goddamn birds. Yeah. yeah. Or like Castlevania, like the fleas and like the, the Medusa heads and stuff. Just things that like are the challenge isn't that um. It's difficult at the challenges that is unfair. Mm-hmm. So I like the stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think that's why Redfall kind of stands out because you maybe get one of those like true, st- like usually a stinker now is like just mid, like it's yeah. nothing special, but it's okay. It, it was like when um, Cyberpunk came out and it was, it looked gorgeous and you could you could play it, but it was also really buggy. So it until seems... they fixed it, like you could get to a certain point where you actually could couldn't progress beyond a point because, for example, if you run off and to do some grinding, you'd be too high level to advance, and there was nothing you could do about it. You just had to start a whole new save. But you could technically play it, and it looked good. Or even like the recent Pokemon game that had performance issues out of the box that people are mad about. Um, mm-hmm. It's fine now. Like it has some weird like jank in the graphics here and there, but like it doesn't have the frame drops anymore and it doesn't crash. I don't like the idea of there because there are plenty of places that rely on those patches to make the game playable. Mm-hmm. But um, I really would love 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 if there was a uh the fact that it's there fine i don't like that they rely on it so heavily but 
you know. When the, Je- the... Jedi Survivor is running sub HD on PlayStation at times right now. Yeah. Well, it's like No Man's Sky. When it first released, it was a disappointment, and now it's a, apparently really good. So. Yeah, but no, um, no Man's Sky was really a problem because the 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 head guy straight up lied about it. Well, I mean, it's not like it's Star Citizen. <laughs> no, that's just a, that's just like a that guy might as well just be selling NFTs. He might be yeah. like the most successful NFT salesman ever, because. I don't there's is there like actually a game because I know like people like are thousands yeah. into that game. Yeah, there is. Um there sure is one, but uh, you know, there all this promised stuff that people have gone in for and that sort of thing. It's like, well, um you know, this is not uh this is not working. Um yeah, I'm going to pivot real quick to another thing that I like about the modern gaming scene. <laughs> I'm sorry, Matt. You were getting ready to say something, weren't you? No, I wasn't. I'm just laughing because uh, it's like an inside joke. But anytime we're trying to like move furniture or something in my uh, house, it's uh, it's a friend's joke. It's pivot, pivot. Pivot, yes, yes. yes. Um, one of the things that I really like about the modern gaming scene is it is far more open than it was, and it, it that means that we have the opportunity for uh, a lot of indie developers to come up with really good stuff that they're able to get out to the masses without it having to go through like a AAA studio or something. So there's there's some you know, I, I mean Minecraft was is not like high graphics or anything, and it just spread by word of mouth to start with. Now it's owned by Microsoft, but that's not where it started from. So you have this opportunity for all these indie games to get out there and be like, hey, check this. I made this thing. What do you guys think of it? And people pick it up and play it. And if it's good, they pass it around and they word of mouth spreads it and it takes off. I mean, it just you never know when it will, but it'll take off and there you go. So I like that quite a bit. Do you have anything, Matt? Uh, No, I'm good. Um, as I was going to say, I also like with digital distribution and just kind of distribution in general, you don't have mm. to worry about not being able to find a game on release anymore. That's true. Well, yeah, I'll add to that. Like I, I'm mostly, well, at this point I really just buy stuff from, on the, for the switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do a lot of times just buy stuff digitally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there is something to be said about that. It's like you can just easily get stuff, easily get content. Like uh, Zelda, the new Zelda game, basically yeah. the sequel to Breath of the Wild, is coming out like what imminently? Friday. Uh, oh, okay, Friday. And then it's isn't it like seventy bucks or something? Yep. A little bit I, pricier. I, I got I did their voucher thing. If you're an online member, mm. which gets you two games for a hundred dollars, and it was one of the games, so I got it for fifty. It is sitting on my Switch, loaded and ready to be just turned on by their online server to play right now. Mm. I uh, I'm I haven't I haven't even done like the uh, the expansion packs for Breath of the Wild yet, uh, and I've got I have so many other games, and like I'm trying to work through Final Fantasy at the moment. So I'm like, well, I'm not gonna spend like 70 bucks on that game like right now. Like I will down the road, but 
uh, I'm not really concerned because it's like nowadays it's like, okay, I literally could go back like in a year mm-hmm. and be like, okay, yeah, I finally had time for uh, the new Zelda game and I can get that game. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to miss out on the game and I can, I, and I should be able to do it digitally. Yeah. Uh, and Nintendo, uh, let me say Nintendo, I will actually give Nintendo credit. Nintendo actually has a really good uh, like customer service. Because two things happened uh, recently. One, I found I was trying to clean up my room. I found a gift card that someone bought me, like a Nintendo gift card, from like the 3DS days. Mm. And I, don't, I don't even own a 3DS, it's, but it's a really old one. I like. Yeah. Let me see if this works. Plugged in the col- the the code. Got it. Wow. It still worked. Like, and this was like years ago. And then not year. It was years since I got the card. The card was years old. Uh, and the second thing that happened was I had like a, a gift card, which I got as a gift. Like I, one of the Christmases, last Christmas, a different Christmas, I don't know, but it, it not it was not recent. It wasn't like yesterday, but I got a gift card and I was trying to scratch it and scratch the code right the f off. Oh and yeah, like, I did I that got, once. Oh. I got so annoyed, so I called them up. Uh, I called up, talked to someone in customer service. And I'm like, yeah, this is the situation. Like, here's the here's the info for the card. And it took like ten minutes. And they're like, yeah, okay, we've uploaded the uh, the the funds from the card to your account. Yeah, I did. I like, had have I a great that. day. Cool. I did that once. Yeah. So that I think it, online, obviously, the push is to have a lot of uh, nowadays is to have like streaming or digital content uh, available and, and they kind of have streamlined that process. But I think that my, my personally, my experiences with Nintendo are actually quite favorable. So I think yeah, Nintendo for sure has that figured out. People mm-hmm. have a real hate boner for them because, um, well, one, because they actually litigate against like piracy and stuff, except for that. There's a big uproar about that guy that got jail time and they're garnishing his wages forever. But what mm-hmm. people always neglect to tell you is he was also selling the ROMs. Okay. And um, he made something like what they could prove is $300,000 that he made off of it, but it was obviously a lot more. The 300000 is just what the prosecution could prove. So people take that as like, well, he wasn't making that much. It's like, no, he made... He made... Um, he made quite a bit of money off of it. Yeah, and yeah. people and there's this other talking point like, well, rapists get more time because this guy got 40 months. So people have looked that up. It's like, no, actually, the rapists get on average 178 months in jail. So it's not the same or they don't get right. less. They get considerably more. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's such a crappy way to approach that argument, too. It's, it's like when people say... Um, Oh, they get they put people away for ten years for marijuana possession. It's like no, they don't. Like, find me someone that that got put away for strictly marijuana possession that is not a plea deal from a higher crime, or wasn't like with intent to distribute because they got caught with a fuckload of it. See, one of the things that'll happen in a lot of those cases is that they'll get um, the phrase I'm looking. I, I use the phrase they'll get Christmas tree charges where they just hang anything on it they can. Mm-hmm. But you can only you can push that so far. You know, trafficking is typically X amount um, 
like intent to distribute has to cross over a certain threshold. It's not it's a it's a certain amount that you would not like conceivably just have on you for no reason. Oh, like you know, if you've got three pounds of something on you, yeah. then intent to distribute comes into play. Like, if, did it? Does it need to? No. Like it, like the lower end of what qualifies as intent to distribute, it probably shouldn't. But it's not like you know they ask anybody. They just yeah. If you're going around with a dime bag and a cop catches you, I'm gonna say more than half of them are probably just going to confiscate it and tell you to get the fuck out of here because they don't want to do the paperwork that's involved with arresting you. I think it depends on the on the jurisdiction they're in, but some of them will. I mean, if you're not doing anything else, like what what a lot of people don't understand, though, is um, a lot of those marijuana charges they look up are plea deals down from things that don't even have anything to do with marijuana. Mm -hmm. And I know because I know someone that has a felony on their record for marijuana that had nothing to do with marijuana. That's just what the plea deal was. Yeah. Yeah. That, that happens. Uh, And and sometimes they pleaded that because they got caught doing something far worse. Sometimes they'll get thrown a plea deal because it's a way of saying, you know, you can be done with this now. Don't you want to be done with this now and not have to worry about the rest of it? And they'll just kind of go with it because, well, that sometimes public, they're guilty as fuck, too. Yeah, and public defenders can be ragingly over. Like, there's there's a million reasons why. But it's... It, it can stack up real quickly. Uh, it can get out of hand real quickly. That's why there are some states that when they have expungement laws, it's usually just supposed to be, like, one charge... But it can be charges that all stem from one incident. So if you were to say, hey, you know, I've got like six charges from getting arrested on this one day, they'll just lump it all in together and say, you know, this this is all one instance. Um, so it, it can be it can be kind of hard to tell. That can be a tough barometer. And there's a lot of factors like what's your prior history and things like that, too. Yeah. Yeah. How did we get here? I lost that somewhere. Oh, because um, Nintendo's, Nintendo's going. Pirating. Yeah, because everyone's butthurt that Nintendo's going after pirates. Yeah. And it's a lot of, especially when you read stuff like that on Reddit, Reddit's always pro free shit. And most, the average Redditor is probably dumber than the average human being. So the thing you got to remember about Reddit is that it is typically the, the, most common Redditor is a late teens, early 20s suburban male in America somewhere. Like, you, you're not you, – you're going to have other people, but it, it's not going to be like – that's not the typical cross-section you get. And it's it's also heavily astroturfed. Like – Oh, yeah. Like, a lot of Reddit is not, like, people's real opinions. They're being paid to have those opinions. I was just here to talk about rant. The the infamous Woody Allen uh, AMA. I don't you, think you I... familiar with that one? No. So, he shows up to do this AMA, and he is getting, like, I mean, just absolutely run through the dirt. And he's like, I thought I was just here to talk about rant, uh, Rampart. And that was his response over and over and over again. It's like, no, 
this is an AMA. This is not ask me about Rampart. You, you're here for an AMA. They're going to ask you anything. Who thought having Woody Allen do an AMA on Reddit is a good idea? His uh-huh. idiot publicist. Like, I wouldn't even think, like, let, let's take out, like, his creepy history. Like, why would they think that would appeal to that demographic at all? That's just it. They weren't thinking like that. They were just thinking, hey, this is something popular that happens. We can use it as free marketing. And nobody, nobody stopped to go, maybe this is a terrible idea. Have we done any research on why this might not be a good idea? No? Okay, I guess we're just doing it then. People need to hire me as their publicist because I would not <laughs> get them into this like there there's a certain um on the ground mentality that seems to be missing in a lot of because <laughs> a, a lot of them because a lot of them are have only ever lived in New York or LA and they don't <laughs> understand the ninety nine percent of the rest of the world is why. Yeah. Yeah. So we're it's... gonna we're gonna move on to our next one. This might take up the rest of the episode because this is a complicated one and it's kind of a two pronged attack with Matt into one half of it, Shad into the other, and me kind of dipping my toes into both sides. So the next topic is, that we're gonna discuss is Hasbro slash Wizards of the Coast going out of their way to destroy their business the last year, year and a half. Oh my God. So why don't we tackle, why don't we tackle the Hasbro side first? Okay. Um, so I think, I think what we can get into there is they double, they did it like a double tap on raising their action figure prices. Like they did like within six months, wasn't it? They did it pretty quickly. Uh, Hasbro does the Marvel ones too, right? Yeah. Okay. And they're kind of yeah. soft. I feel like they're kind of soft pushing to 27 right now. Uh, let me let me say, uh, in fairness to them, I think that the because look, it's an established brand, but the GI Joe Classified series, which is the uh, six inch or so around that scale, the six inch basically. They're basically like remakes of the classic G.I. Joe figures. Yeah. Uh, those are good. Like That's the, like the not, one line they haven't screwed up. Yeah, the sculpts are actually quite good. Uh, the price point is around, for individual figs, 20 to 25 bucks. I think 25 on, is standard. It is standard, but it depends upon where you buy it and when you buy it, because you a lot of times you can actually get stuff. If you buy it like a, you're gonna buy a, a figure at like Target, because there's quite a few Target exclusives. Like if you're if you're gonna buy it at Target, then odds are you could probably get it in clearance for less than the actual yeah, uh, initial retail value. But they seem to they seem to not FOMO those as much as like the Marvel or the um, Star Wars stuff. They seem yeah. to actually put enough product to sustain on the shelves. Yeah, uh, and, but some of those figures are a little bit pricey, especially the ones they have like a vehicle attached. Uh, for example, the Serpentor figure uh, comes with like a chariot, uh, and it, it, you actually put it together, it's actually quite, it's relatively large, but it's like it was like eighty bucks. It's like it's pricey. Yeah. That said, it's an amazing figure. Like if I had to actually choose 
uh, it would be my figure of the year. I think it came out last year, so it would be like figure of the year, like 2022. But it's it's a great figure. But outside of G.I.J. Classified, I would say like Hasbro has not been doing good. Uh, yeah, their I would... Star Wars stuff looks like shit. Um, Star Marvel... Wars stuff is terrible, yeah. Marvel, like, they did a Cyclops in this upcoming X-Men one, and it's a straight-up repaint of, like, a Cyclops they did two years ago. Uh, yeah, there's so much of that. Like, I And I tried to get into collecting Marvel Legends. I actually, like, collected quite a few of them. But I, I told Brad, like, I'm at the point. It's like, I'm, I'm really, I'm done. Like, I'm done. Like, I am not collecting anymore. And no, how many back... Spider-Mans can you buy? But and they do X Men ones too. All the ones that are basically uh, face uh, figure sculpts. Excuse me. That's like uh, face captures of Marvel TV shows or oh, Marvel those are movies awful. that are put out. Those figures in general are not good. Uh, and I know like the Eternals one, which Eternals is not like that popular of a movie, but the Eternal one, the Eternal ones are just like hung on the shelves on the pegs like so long, and then they finally just got clearanced out. I think I think, I think my Target still has those. Well, I, I didn't bother with those. They just not, they're not really good. They're not good. No, because uh, they're they're bland. Um, I, that's yeah. what my problem with the movie ones is they tend to be bland. But I also think there was a drop in quality two-ish years ago and those have gotten like more low effort than they were before because yeah, i would qualities... i would buy them before now i just look at them and i'm like no yeah same with me like i i would buy some of them and now the quality is like not good like they really uh, the the truth is like they do marvel and marvel legends in general does a ton of really lazy repaints where it's like it, if you, they're gonna put out a figure, it's gonna be the same figure body, just like it's painted. Oh, the the women are terrible. There's like two women sculpts that they just put yeah. new heads on over and over again. Yeah, that's the thing. They it may be like a new head sculpt, uh, but it's they're not good. Uh, you, they they have an increase in the price. Uh, the sculpts are boring. They're not imaginative. They are reused. Uh, and why why do we want to pay like twenty seven, twenty eight bucks for that? Yeah, and uh, I have to say not. this about the quality of their figures. I um I, I shit on Jazzwares a lot on this show because of um that douche that works for them. But I yeah. got the Sting Jazzwares figure because I love me a Sting, and that Sting figure is nicer than almost all of my Marvel Legends figures. Jazzwares, uh, there's a lot of like chicanery with like their release schedules. You basically, I know a uh, friend of the show, Christy Petrillo, like hates ring signed collectibles, but Unless you're going to a place called like Ringside or a similar kind of third-party merchant, uh, that's where you're probably going to be able to pick up AEW figures from Jazzwares. Uh, you're not, it's not really going to have bad luck probably trying to find them in Target. Like you might be able to find them, but it's it's at best random. Uh, I do think that the, the sculpts on Jazzwares are like really good and the figures are fun, are i would say phenomenal like the joints actually, don't feel like you're gonna break the figure by trying yeah, to use the articulation yeah they're not perfect uh for example like the pack figure is it's like what what the hell is some of the sculpts are like not great like people have joked about like the eddie kingston figure and it's like yeah like it could have been better but it's still like a, it's an eddie kingston figure and everything Mostly everything's fine. 
uh, and they, the, the plastic feels like pretty solid. You can like move it around uh, for people like me who like, like to pose the figures and like little like dioramas, uh, in my AEW toy <laughs> ring. Uh, it's, it's good. It's like a really good quality. Uh, so they actually are quite good with, with Marvel legends nowadays. It's really more like it. What's the build a figure is the build a figure decent. Then maybe I'll buy a build a figure on like Bakari or some other place or eBay. They haven't had a, they haven't had a good build a figure for a couple sets now. No, they really haven't. And uh, you know, the new packaging I think is a big shot against them too, because you can't see the figure anymore. And oh, it, that's the same for like the G.I. Joe classified. Like I, yeah. I'm very, uh, yeah, I'm obviously very pro G.I. Joe classified and in fairness to them, at least they put like a picture of it and the picture does look like the figure. It's, it's basically the same, but they, they do this their, whole like Their QC is terrible though. That's what my problem with it is because you need to know if you're getting like a fucked up paint job or not. Well, yes, but also, it, uh, a detriment to Gio Classified, even which is the one that you know the part of the of Hasbro I think is actually doing quite well. Uh, I am not a mint on card person. I, can, no. I like to take I like to take these figures out and pose them. No one's gonna buy them after the fact anyway for what they're yeah. worth. Yeah, I mean I I like to pose them and I like to set them up and pose them. That's uh, that's part to me that that's really the fun of it. I don't want just want it in the package just in a box somewhere like that's it's boring to me but i will say that the gsj classified figures it's most i would say mostly uh, i would even say like half and half it's mostly they're stiff as shit like you the joints really stiff i sometimes when you pose them i'm like saying a little prayer that they're not gonna like snap off because everything's plastic now and that's fine uh, it's probably saves you money and creating those figures but it's you, the plastic is really kind of rigid uh, i've heard that if you can if you for at least for the classified if you boil water uh you can submerge the figures not not in the boiling water but in once it's cooled a little bit that it's still warm like if you submerge them in that that actually like loosens up the joints i haven't tried it yet because i'm like some of these figures are like expensive, so like I'm not gonna <laughs> necessarily like screw around with it. I but wonder if I could spray a little WD-40 in some of those joints and get them. It might. They they actually they do sell products I think to like for specifically for like bigger joints. Get the yeah yeah. Um... I think that the Jaja Classified is good. Marvel Legends not good. It's it's Star, overpriced. Star Wars it's is boring. abysmal. Oh, uh, Star Wars is like the worst. You, this is. It's not a Hasbro, obviously, but what I'm astounded by is that I I actually do feel like they look Farland figures and they have the DC license. I feel like the figures they're putting out for DC, uh, which are basically the same size or even a little bigger than uh, Marvel Legends, I feel like the, the quality is much better and the price point's better. I feel like if I go into a Target, for example, I can probably pick up... Uh, DC Comics McFarlane figures for like 20 bucks. Like it's definitely cheaper than it is the Marvel Legends. Yeah. Um I don't I, collect those, but I mean I if I wanted to I could for a lot cheaper. Yeah, at least it's not like um is it NECA that like are just obscenely priced? Mhm. Cuz I wanted that Phantom figure they did when they did Defenders of the Earth and it was like 40 or 50 bucks. I'm like, "No, thank you." Uh 
is it is it uh NECA or is it like Super Seven? They put out a lot of like uh it might have been Super Seven. Because I also wanted well, those, Super Seven um, is also like quite expensive. Super Seven is like forty five bucks a figure. Yeah, and I wanted that that um retro line of wrestling figures that had like Brody and Zabisco and um KVE and all that. And those that's, were obs- that's Power Town. Yeah, those were insanely priced. Because I'm like, I will do them if they're not this price, and they did them at like thirty bucks a pop, I think. In fairness, like I, I, uh, we've redone our finances, and I'm like basically paying off my credit cards, uh, which I should be able to do soon. Uh, I did actually uh, pre-order the Powertown stuff like last year. It's not even like this year. It's like recent. It's last year, but I did do that, even though I knew I knew it was expensive. I'm like, well. The figures I do like the figures they look pretty good so I'm gonna make did, the investment. But have you gotten those like yet or are they still like? No, but I did get an email saying that they were actually gonna be uh, being shipped soon. Uh, so I think it's gonna be like probably by the end of the summer for sure. That's cool. So then we have the other side of this equation, which is Wizards of the Coast. Um, I was going to say nerd alert and then when we would go into this it would be the joke because this is just as nerdy if not more so but i didn't think that joke would carry very well because i'm not ben kissel so so let's um let's 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 set the stage for this a little bit so (laughs) oh my um, god they've been slowly running magic the gathering into the ground because they're just putting too much we're gonna start start with the magic stuff yeah they went from having two sets a year to six Six sets a year. And there a lot of players are looking around going, I ain't doing this. I I am not doing six sets a year. And if you're playing competitive, then that means that on the competitive scene, you're having to go pick up the new stuff because the old stuff rotates out of standard format. And I think they've gotten into the habit of like releasing like an Uber card in a set and then like just banning it the next set. Yeah. So it'll be there's there's they're basically banking on creating a meta that you get to deal with for one set. And you have to play that. So you have to have that particular card. So that you're going and you're buying a whole bunch more packs in order to get it or you're hitting the secondary market looking for it in either event. Not ideal for most people. And yeah. Yes. Can I interject? Go for it. <laughs> yeah, kind of what I was going for. Nerds. Um, so they do this, and they're putting out six sets. And then here was the thing: they're like, "Hey, guess what? For the whatever at the anniversary, we're going to release collectors editions of the original Power Nine from Alpha, Beta, and Unlimited. How cool is that? Maybe, just maybe." I mean, these are the legendary cards, right? These are the things that were for these were the these were the cards that like were spoken of in hushed whispers in like yes. the mid nineties. So this is like the Black Lotus. Black Lotus, Dual Lands, Time Warp, uh the Moxes. You see, five oh, Moxes, Moxes. Three Dual Lands, Black Lotus, and I think that's it. Cause um they're they're basically free resource generation and then time walk. It was Time Walk, not Time Warp. I'm sorry. Time War, uh, Time Walk. Just you just get to take another turn immediately. You're like, hey, guess what? I'm doing all this. I saved one colorless and one blue mana. 
I get to go again immediately, untap everything and go again. So you could basically just, hey, guess what? I have taken over the game now and there's nothing you like. These were the things that that were were coveted even back then. Like I started playing around fourth edition and even back then it's just like, no, you don't understand. It's like, no, 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 you don't. Yeah, I, I get it. Like it. Now, but, I think a Black Lotus was like 200 bucks in the mid 90s, just for yeah, an idea. 300. Okay. 300. And not like there was a guy not long ago that he had found uh, an unopened set of of alphas, and he was like, okay, cool. So from a YouTube channel, he's got gloves on and everything. He's like, I'm gonna go ahead and open this for the YouTube channel, and you know, they're just alphas. We don't expect anything out of it, but what the heck, right? You know, it's good for fun. And he flips over the rare, and it is a Black Lotus, and he's trembling because he's holding, holding like a $1,000 card in his hand that's been sitting in the sun. Like, and then you're like, yeah, you know, for our anniversary, we're going we're gonna to re-release these. You want to know what the re-release was? Do you want to pay $800 for reprints of just those nine cards? No. That's how much it cost? Yeah. Like retail? Not even retail. You had to order them from Wizards directly, I think. Wow. Yeah. And so the community is pissed because they're like, now, wait a minute. Who is this for exactly? Because we're the ones who are all excited about it. We're the ones who are out here just thrilled that this is happening. And now you set the price point so high that it's strictly collectors only. And and so a lot of the community was Yes. Wow, that is that is such a, that is a WWE level like fuck you to their, yeah. their fans. It was awful. And then, oh my god. So the this I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on the subject, but this is gonna jump to the most recent thing that happened, the most recent occurrence that's on the board, right? Check this out. So there was a guy who I. He was a YouTuber, and he ordered a set of whatever the current set is, right? He's like, I know there's another set coming out, but I order a set for this, something to make content, whatever. And you they know, had stupidly made the names, like, similar, I think. Something like that. Because, you know, you'll you'll have your cycles. And I know this isn't it, but if it was the Weatherlight Saga, you'd have, like, Weatherlight. I'm making this up. Don't hold me to it. But Weatherlight Odyssey, and then you'd have Weatherlight Phyrexia or something like that. So yeah. they all had, like, Weatherlight. Something like that. So he, he just gets in touch with the guy he orders from. He's like – or he gets in touch with the store. He's like, hey, I'm wanting to order a set of this. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And they sent him a box of a set that's not released yet. They had the they had the product for the next set, and they sent it to him by mistake. And he's got it, and he opens it. He didn't, he's like, hey, what's this? And he opens it up, and he realizes what he had. And he's published the video. Like, this is huge. This is the huge leak, right? This is a big break. You want to know what Wizards of the Coast did? They sent the fucking Pinkertons to physically threaten him to take all the stuff to take these cards back. I wasn't even sure. Yeah, I was. He through no fault of his own. He has these. I wasn't even 100 percent sure the Pinkertons still existed. But Wizards of the Coast contracted the Pinkertons, the Strike Breakers, the the boogeymen of of the early 20th century to show up and give this guy like a those are some nice kneecaps. 
you better give us those cards or something might happen to him treatment. Like, what the hell are you doing? And it like that's in I think the 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 issue I have there is that is such a gross overreaction to the situation. And you want to know what? That wasn't even like this came on the heels of the last big debacle they had. Like they just went through a huge PR rehab thing to try and come back from their last big screw up. And then they did this. So what was the last big screw up? Glad you asked. I'm sorry, Brad. I I, I sat quiet for a long time while you guys are doing no, figures. Yeah, yeah. Now now I'm on the roller coaster. Put your hands up. Here we're going. We're this going for is, a they, ride. They've been on a roll. They've been on a roll of dumb mistakes. Yeah. So they had because they hired someone who used to work for like Xbox Live was in charge of microtransactions for Xbox Live or something. They have started pushing for um, changing changing D&D editions again. Right now, D&D 5th edition, the current one, is the most popular the game has ever been. Not only because they went and, and very intentionally made a streamlined version of the game that feels like older. It, it felt more like 3-3. Three, three. I've heard some people say it's like, the best of second edition with, you know, other like good stuff. Like it plays well. It's not overly complicated. It's not perfect, but you know what? It chugs along just fine. Okay, great. Then they come out and they said, well, and they have had ever since, um, third edition. So mid to late nineties, they've had something that's called the system resource document wherein the base rules, not all the stuff, but the base rules of the game, where it's like, these are the classes, these are the, you know, generically worded features. Like, this is all just, there. there is a website that's SRDD20. Like, it, it's, there it is. Yes, you can use it, fine. And they had agreements with third-party publishers, where they're like, yes, if you're going to do this and use the SRD for it, you know, Okay, fine. You just have to print that it's in affiliation with Wizards of the Coast. It's an SRD thing, that sort of stuff. Okay, fair enough. You're using their intellectual property. They're being cool about it. No big deal. Well, the first thing they did. The other thing is you can't um, you can't copyright game mechanics. Yes, that has been established that you can't copyright mechanics. So you cannot copyright, for example. The mechanics of sneak attack. If instead of sneak attack, you use, you know, sucker punch or something like that. But it works the same way. That if the target is under this condition, I'll go back to 3-5 because it's easier. If the target is denied their dex bonus, then you can use sucker punch and deal this many additional D6s depending on what your, your class level that grants it is. Okay. Or, or prison shanking. Right. Whatever. Yeah. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot copyright game mechanics. This is like legal precedent. This is established fact. You cannot do this. <clears throat> and it's also fun fact about this. TSR made the same mistake with D&D in the, like the, the early days of the Internet, and it essentially killed their company. Yeah, it, it, it burned up goodwill. It pissed people off. It's generally a bad thing to do. Guess what? 
here comes Wizards of the Coast saying, I'm going to do it. And they did it. And they got such huge. One of the metrics that they were using to track how well they're doing was D&D Beyond its, uh, subscriptions. D&D Beyond as a service is actually really good. It also was not created by Wizards of the Coast. Somebody else made it. Wizards bought it. So basically, you go into D&D Beyond. You can build your whole character it's right D&D. there. It's got the rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stephen Lynch does live in your head rent-free. Um, you build the whole character. The spells are easy to pick because it go ahead and limits to what's actually accessible to you. You're like, okay, these are prepared. I can swap these out with a click, right? It's super simple, super straightforward. You can do all that and then print out the character sheet so you don't have to – like if if you're going to your buddy's house up in the woods who doesn't have internet, you can still print out your character sheet and take it with you. Whatever, right? So they bought it, and then one of the guys what, – what they're trying – what they were trying to do is create the solo ex- D&D experience so that you don't have to have – a DM or other people to play D and D so that you can move your figure on the digital map and fight the things and have, you can buy cosmetics for the spell effects. Like when you throw a fireball, never mind the fact that video games already exist. Neverwinter nights is already out there. Like Baldur's gate. You don't have to do any of that. Like and there's the, board games that give you, um, I would say a better experience, more tailored to like solo things like Escape from Dark Castle or Escape from like Dark Sector. Mm -hmm. So one of the guys they have working on it, it was his goal to kill D&D Beyond because it was, quote, cutting into our market share. They are also killing their writers because the writers are going through trying to do all this stuff and they're just churning through them. We don't care make content don't care make content don't care and so they decide we're just we're going to not only did they say that we're not going to have a system resource document going forward they they turned around and said we're revoking the agreement that are that has existed for 20 years and if you're going to use it you have to pay us a percentage of your revenue for it they said oh this was a draft Never mind the fact that them claiming it's – this went live after they pulled a whole bunch of content creators together for a meeting, said this is what's happening. You have to sign the agreement in the NDA right now. If you're going to keep doing this, you have to sign it right now. No, you can't go think about it. You have to do it right now. And one of the people I, – I can't remember who, and there's better YouTube videos about it by people who cover it more in depth. I'm trying to go high level, believe it or not. Just walked out with a copy of it. And like shared it on the internet and said, "Hey, guess what's up?" So D and D Beyond subscribers were one of their biggest metrics for success. And if you went to r slash D and D next on Reddit, this picked up steam real quick because this was this was like you know buying up GameStop and Cinemark stock. Yeah, they lost like what forty thousand subscribers. Like they lost. 60% of their subscriber base over this. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, because the, the problem they made, especially with a video game guy coming in, is D&D is a lot bigger than it used to be. 
but the problem is it's still a very insular community like the like and like the the D &D community is there's a certain like um unity to it that most other like fandoms and communities don't have because it's always kept that small feel to it even though it's expanded out it is a communal game that you play with friends that that's really what it is it people don't want the video game experience of playing D, &D yeah. alone because it's it's a communal thing you, you know, do with your friends you know who else got killed got killed by this too is um remember when white wolf did this it said oh, like God. if you played a if you played a group game and like you ordered a pizza or something you you owed them like um like some fee or something white wolf made a lot of mistakes um, you mean like that card game? What was it called? Was it Pimp the Backhanding? Oh my God, no! I forgot all about that. I was gonna say, how about having writers that decided to incorporate the Holocaust into the background of one of their uh, source books? It's like, what are you doing? You, you hired Eastern European edge lords to write this for you, and and nobody proofed it before it went to print. Yeah. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. And so they go through this whole thing. They get run through the ringer. They get the absolute crap beat out of them. Like, and. <laughs> and they lost some good publishers that, like, really, they owe some of their longevity to, like, Cobalt Press putting out, like, monster content for them and stuff. Yeah. Green, Ron Green Ronin started, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but there was an agreement that a whole bunch of these third-party publishers entered into that said, you know, look, this is what we're doing. They public, they put it out there. They said, this is what we're doing. This is how we're going about it. This is not going to change. It Like, when they published the agreement, it has the words in perpetuity at the bottom of it. Like, there's, there's no take-backsies on this, right? And it is a month. It is a month of Wizards getting dragged for this justifiably dragged for this before someone and I, I I can't remember the name of the guy who stepped up and he's like no okay this weird came up and said okay look this there were a bunch of mistakes that were made here and here's what we're doing and the first one was hey guess what we are moving all of the SRD stuff like it is not just like hey, the OGL is going to stay put because they were going to publish OGL 1.1 or 1.2. or Like they were floating, we're going to put 1.2 out there. Like, no, uh-uh. What, what ended up happening instead is they they put it into the Creative Commons market. And when you say no takebacks, it's like there is literally nothing you can do at that point. Well, they we have to... said it's Creative Commons. Now, guess what? You... There is no way – there is no legal way for anybody to claw that back at that point. They tried to – They so they're new – well, so to, to add a comment, like, so this this was – to give an idea of how bad this was on the internet, like, around the middle of January, my we, my wife and I were eating dinner, and she said, what's the OGL and why are people pissed off about it? <laughs> and, like, she has no connection to D&D &D or that world whatsoever. Yeah. it It picked up speed. But their um their updated document really didn't help because it it had a lot of weasel language in it and essentially they were trying to use it as a stopgap where they were trying to take the perpetuity away. Yeah. Um, so they didn't help themselves with that and 
I think it, it's died down largely, but um, they kind of. Well, so then, they had OGL 1.1 that they were going to do, and then they did 1.2, which is what you were just talking about. And then somebody there was just like, you know what? Screw it. You guys have screwed this up so bad and said, nope. We, somebody stepped up and said, nope, we're putting this in Creative Commons. Guess what? Now you can't take it back. Now you can't do anything. Like like he was giving the finger to Hasbro about this because supposedly Hasbro was leaning on Wizards about a lot of this stuff. It's like, no, you're not making enough money. How are you going to make more? How are we going to squeeze more out of our, our only successful stuff we've got? Like Wizards was the only subsection of Hasbro making money. Well. Um, and, you know, here, I have a crazy idea how they could have monetized D&D more. Is, see, they did this thing in the 80s and 90s that was fairly successful. Write novels. <laughs> yeah, it, it wouldn't be hard, but here it is. They, they, I mean, God, that's part of stuff. Games Workshop stepped in it huge, too, by pissing off their fan those, base. Those are my, that, that is my favorite meme that came out of this. And, and it got used both ways. It got used for wizards and um no got used for D D and magic it's the um so it's the simpsons episode where, where lisa becomes a vegetarian and she does something and marge is like bart no and bart's like there it's like what <laughs> and she's like oh sorry force of habits so the meme is like either D D or magic and it's like gw no and it's games workshop next to him like what it's like oh sorry force of habit yeah and they it they go through this whole thing, right? Until the one guy, and it, it was somebody else, somebody other than whoever it was that had been talking. No, it wasn't even someone had been talking. These were unsigned letters that were just being sent, open letter to the community with no name attached to it. So no, and finally someone from the design team's like, "Look, we've heard your feedback." Because there's a feedback on D and D Beyond that says, "Why are you canceling your subscription?" It's like. OGL, 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 OG. Because one of the letters was like, oh, we're getting a lot of feedback and we're still parsing through it and we're not sure what we're going to do. And this guy's like, you have all said this because of the OGL thing. So we're putting in crit. Like that was the damage control move. The way of cutting it off to say we can we can legally never do this with this edition of D&D is into Creative Commons it goes. Okay, so that mollified some people, but part of the backlash was also – Hey, guess what? You screwed up so bad. We're not going to go see your movie. Well, so I think I think that's, it was that, going... that, that that kind of makes me sad because I actually thought the movie looked good, and people who have seen the movie actually gave it like a favorable. I, like, yeah, I views. think the problem is they should have named it differently. They they <clears throat> they so what they tried to lean really heavily into the D and D IP, and I just don't feel like if you slap Dungeons and Dragons on a movie. I don't think that has mass appeal to it because you think it's just going to be generic fantasy. Like, I think you can incorporate D and D into it somewhere, but it needs to be like the subheader. The problem Not, is that the, part of it is the, the bad taste that the previous D and D movies left behind. The previous D and D movies were like bad, really bad. And, and it got marched. Why it got marched out this. against something really like it came right after it, I think too. Uh, this movie? Yeah. Uh, let me look. I think it probably came out against, like, John Wick. Mm, I can't remember. Uh, well, it certainly, it ran up against, like, the buzzsaw that was the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, yeah that's true. 
which incidentally is a lot of fun. Um, I, I haven't seen it. Like I have two small kids. Like it basically, it hits streaming in a couple weeks. Yeah, if, if it's not on, even <laughs> even stuff that's on streaming, like it's gonna be some time before I watch it. And, and <laughs> wow, Disney! Like look at all that money it made, and it spent it spent like half of what you guys have spent on your failure animated stuff lately. It's a um, movie. Yeah. They only spent a hundred million on that. They spent like 150 on Lightyear, And I think that strange world movie, they spent like almost 200 million on. It's kind of sad because I, with my toddler, like we've been watching, uh, some of the recent, also recent, like the last like 10 to 15 years, uh, mm-hmm. Disney catalog. Yeah, and they actually there are some good movies out there. Mm-hmm. Like we watched Princess and the Frog, uh, which is notable for being the first like African American princess. Like that's actually a pretty decent movie. It's got a great uh, song, and your friends on the other side is a good song. We watched uh, Tangled, which if you watch, what I encourage everyone to watch Princess and the Frog and then Tangled because literally they're one year apart. And it's see if you had asked me before I watched it, before I looked it up, if you asked me like when Princess and the Frog came out, I was like, oh, it came out like I don't know, 20 years ago or something like that, like in the late 90s. It's like no, <laughs> it's like a 2009 movie. Yeah. It's because it's done in like the traditional style, mm-hmm. and literally like the the following year for 2010, it's everything since then. It's just been like CGI. You yeah. know what else? Uh, you know what else kicked Disney right in the balls was that Puss in Boots movie that's supposedly awesome that i need to see i seen clips from it uh it's actually pretty supposedly pretty good it's he's on his last life and yeah they um yeah well they have like a wolf as the basically personification of death but people mm-hmm. and then there's a segment where he actually has like an anxiety attack and people have actually like commented on it or like oh this is like the most realistic portrayal of an anxiety attack that has ever been <laughs> wow uh i don't know uh I will also say, like, Raya, Ride the Last Dragon. We saw that. That's from, like, mm-hmm. two years ago. I like that one. No one liked that one, and I don't understand. That one that's, is fun. My kids I, like it. I, it. That's tough to say because it, uh, it didn't blow up the world, but yeah. every time I go in Target, like, there's tons of Raya toys. So it's like mm-hmm. that they've merchandised the hell out of that. It came and out in an thought, awkward time. I, I think it, it also has the Don Bluth effect of having what looks like a very bleak ending coming at it. Oh, and the, then the it ending, pulls up the ending. There's a happy ending, actually. Yes, yes. People. But right before the happy ending. Oh, bleak. Yeah. The whole world, the whole world basically ends. Yeah, it's it's bleak. But uh, it's actually like a cute movie and, and very likable. Like, I liked it. Uh, but I think the problem with that movie that it doesn't it doesn't have catchy songs. Oh, like, yeah. Was there know, songs I, in it? I don't no. even remember the songs. There's like a song like the ending theme song which is like i maybe this was like a notable song but it, it didn't it was not a musical uh compare that to Encanto, which have i like talking about Encanto on on the show before? i didn't care for it dames threatened to i think dames threatened to knife me because i said something bad about it in the discord actually Encanto, i think i've talked about it on the show before so i won't like bore people with it again Encanto, like if you actually like sit down and analyze the the movie and like i have a toddler again i i've seen <laughs> i've seen some of these films multiple times. multiple times yeah. yeah 
And so when you do that, like I, I tend to think about the, the movies and I actually like start picking them apart. Yeah. And Encanto is a, is a movie that if you actually start picking apart, there are themes in it and parts of the story which are like, this is horrific. Yeah. Like w- this is awful. Like you actually, f- you actually find out like, oh, cause, it, cause it's about like a family that it's, there's a lot of magic involved, but it's like, oh, Oh, so the grandmother is actually the villain of the movie, and she is. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the songs are super catchy, and everything's very colorful. And like the Encanto, like became a, a pretty good hit in like, they're I'm in the kid world now. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. The the characters are actually like quite popular. Like, uh, Maribel, the uh, the main character, uh, is like, take your kid to like a show. Where someone is dressed up as Mary Bell, yeah, uh, like they're probably good. It, it's yeah. it kind of like, but that song, me great up. songs, it's great songs. It cracked me up because um, one of the things they were expecting out of that was I can't remember the name of the one sister who like has the the flower manipulation thing, but then uh, uh, Isabel, Isabel, they expected Isabel to be like this the big marketing juggernaut, yeah, but no, it it was Louisa, the workhorse of the family. Oh really? Like, yeah, no, Louisa got super popular. The oh. the the strong one? Yes. Okay. And I like, someone, see, someone I, slapped what's that? Okay. I was gonna say oh, I I, I, gonna I would say, see why she got popped. I would see why I, I would have thought Louis the, the strong one would have been the popular one because she was she had the she like had a very memorable like character design and stuff. Yeah. She has a very relatable like arc going as well. This is a sticky subject, but someone tried online, like on Twitter. Yeah. Someone tried to be like, "Oh, I'm so happy that they like really promoted this trans character," and people were like, "Whoa, what the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah, like, yeah, that's a th- that's this a character dumb is take. Re- yeah, th- this is a horrible take. Like she was not presented as such. If if she was, like fine, but she was not presented as such, and it's just presented that she that that's her like gift like it, a lot of the characters have magical gifts like her yeah. gift is like to be super strong that's but it's you run into that problem it, with a lot of people because they really it's um you especially run into that with like friend movies like people immediately like start like shipping uh-huh. it into some like like gay relationship yeah. and it's like no like um people can just be friends yeah some there are some people out there that actually have once you actually like analyze what they're saying it's like oh you have absolutely no understanding of what a platonic friendship is like they do with cap and bucky a lot and that one pisses me off because it's like no maybe um you know war buddies yeah like you have you've had the privilege of not going through like an uber shitty experience with another human being so maybe you should shut the fuck up and stop like making it sexual when those guys have been to hell and back together of course they're gonna have like a special bond about it and not everything, just in general, like not everything has to be your like personal political hobby horse. Like it, it doesn't have to be. Like, well, I it's... think I think the problem too is especially with social media. Um, yeah. Everything is way too sexualized now, and I think it comes out of that. Yeah. Uh. Lastly, on Encanto, like I think it all comes down to like the songs, uh, mm-hmm. because. Watching some of these films for the last like for Disney films the last like ten or so years, I still feel like nothing clears Moana. Like my daughter no. is obsessed 
with Moana. That's because so I The Rock's Moana. good in that. He's it's, it's funny you say that. It might be his best like role, like of all time. It might be his best role. I also He's love that his daughters his daughters don't believe that he was Maui. Yeah. <laughs> It, he, that movie is actually unqualified a good movie, and the reason it's it's for two reasons. One, again, uh, catchy songs, but it's good because it's like it's basically a throwback to early '90s like Disney Golden Age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I didn't. I it's, personally didn't care for it, but it wasn't one of those things where I was like, "This is a bad movie," and I don't get it. It was just like, "Eh, this is not to my my taste." I like the movie because I've had to see it. I had to watch it like 100 times. I, I will tell yeah, you. I will yeah. tell you what can get fucked though is Bolt. That movie can fuck off and die for being I've emotionally manipulative. Once. I've seen that once, but I've seen it like. It's a horrific movie, and it's years ago. Whenever it came out, it's horrific. So the um, the thing I was going to go back to at the beginning, the D and D movie is from. I have friends who have seen it who think it's very good, who think it's a lot of fun. Okay, cool. Like, but the backlash, I'm pretty sure from all this, uh, and instantly they go through the whole whole OGL thing. It's just done like I don't know two three months ago, and then the Pinkerton thing happens. By the way, which is like some serious cartoon supervillainy stuff. But, um. You know, I I did I don't mind Encanto. It's for everything that it could be, it, it, for every movie that's out there and that sort of stuff. Frankly, I think Encanto's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, okay, what do we have? We've got we have a very natural story about you know this girl who's finding her place, feeling ostracized with her own family, which is something that a lot of young people feel. She's trying to make her own way. She's trying to do this sort of stuff. She's working real hard. Okay, cool. You know what? Fine. I think also part of it was that um, I'm going to screw his name up, but Lynn Miranda Manuel or Manuel Miranda or yeah, what's his face? Like he worked on a bunch. He worked on that soundtrack. So there's yeah. probably some hype coming off that too. Uh, there's there's some uh, kind of like uh, recurring themes. Like he actually did the the soundtrack for moana <laughs> so okay he actually again i i don't really care about hamilton per se but i do think that he actually is quite talented and he I, actually i think has done like some good soundtracks for disney I, I watched it with my niece on disney plus and hamilton might be the single most overrated fucking thing i've ever seen <laughs> i i not really a, a fan it, uh, you know what i'll tell you is better is the, um um Oh, fuck. Uh, Greatest Showman was better. Um, it doesn't even uh. touch. It doesn't even touch like the classics. Like Phantom of the Opera is a million times better. Les Mis a million times better. But the Hugh Jackman Greatest Showman was better. The songs were better. It was more interesting. It told a better story. Like Hamilton, overrated as fuck. It's I weird because Greatest Showman show. also kind of like hops over a whole bunch of you know P.T. Barnum being a dickwad but no he was a dickwad in the movie but i mean it's, okay if it, i mean it, you take it it's it's historical fiction like it doesn't yeah, take itself yeah. seriously but you know what's funny is the critics shit all over that and it was a massive yeah. hit because critics are stupid 
I haven't lied. That that is a good movie. And it's a got a music musical soundtrack. It's got a catchy um soundtrack. I think Panic at the Disco did some stuff in it, maybe. So and Matt, um, Hugh Jackman, like rewrite the stars, like that song, fantastic. Yeah. They even so, did like a um, they were like a remake of that song like a couple of years ago. It was good. Matt, what I was going to say is you, you touch on a phenomenon. Incidentally, there's going to be some parents out there that are going to nod, and there are going to be some people out there who's like, well, I don't have kids. It's like, listen, just I'm going to give you fair warning here. Because kids like to see the same thing over and over again because they know they enjoy it, so they want to see it again. Okay, fine. But you get in the weeds on some of this stuff because you don't know. Right. Like the number of times you see certain things, you're sitting there going, I cannot stop putting thought into like what in the hell is going on here. I I during covid, I was trying to figure out the logistics of the backstory behind PJ mask, for God's sake, because I was like, okay, what is going on in this setting? Why is it like this? What is it? And my wife's like it's a kid's show. And I'm like, why are they doing this? Why are they letting kids do this? How is a kid mad scientist going to take over the, where is it? What is, what is happening here? And she's like, are you okay? And I was like, no, why is this happening? I have to figure out why this is happening. And she's like, you, you, um, you might need a PJ mask break. And I was like, got to figure and it, you know, end up crafting lore behind trying to figure out why this is happening. This a, is common. There's this <laughs> okay? hilarious, there's this hilarious interview with Stan Lee for like a history channel documentary on comics. Uh-huh. And they're talking about the kid's sidekick here. And he's like, he's like, I hated it. Like, because like the first thing they do is they would like haul the adult off for like endangering a child. Like he just went on this rant about how he hated kids sidekicks. Yeah. And so I'm watching PJ mask and I eventually come to the conclusion that you have parents who have kids with these superpowers. And so they're living in the city with other kids, supervillains for training purposes. Cause eventually they're going to have to step up and face real villains. And so, you know, what are they going to have whenever that time comes? How are they prepared for it? What's going to happen? That's why the, the villains, while they have these aspirations of taking over the world, don't seem to have huge threats or seem to operate on small scales because it's all training. It's all training. Okay. That's not, and, I know I sound like a madman, but this this is what happens, okay? This is what happens. You just you need to be aware of it. This is this is the kind of thing that's gonna happen to you, all right? You're you're gonna And dads don't watch too much Cocomelon, okay? <laughs> you can end up in trouble from that. So let's let's move on to the next question before she Yes, let's do mind. that. So we kind of touched on the Mario movie. So since you know video games between Sonic and Mario are kind of a hot property I think the next logical question is um, Legend of Zelda. Do you think it would make a better movie or a better TV series? Uh, I think TV series, like a 10 episode, like really let hit, like really explore the world and the dungeons and maybe some backstory, I think works better for Link and like more of a long form. I have a question. I, I, I don't know. Like I, I... I, it might be intriguing. There's certainly like a lot of story that you could tell. It probably better in a movie, like a ten episode series. 
uh, even eight episodes. But are you going to do it kind of like Mario was, uh, like tongue in cheek, or is it going to be like grim, dark? No, like, you play, you you do it like kind of. I would say do like a really good anime style thing and keep it like kind of play the middle where it can be dark, but have some light in there to keep it like for kids. Not go totally tongue in cheek, but not a hundred percent like serious either. I, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, they're probably going to make one because super Mario Bros. was like a, a, a huge success. Like it, yeah. it cleared like five. It's, it's at right now, like over 500 million domestically. Yeah, like worldwide, I think it's probably at the look, but I'm sure it's probably like a billion or something. Because like something oh. like Metroid, I think is a perfect movie. That's that's like a good movie, but at that, I think you could probably do a little more uh, serious. Yeah, Zelda, I would like, do. I feel like you need to make it like I would say totally tongue in cheek, but you you need to have it a little, little more like lighthearted, not like too grim and dark. Yeah, and I think Zelda, you have room you can do that. I think Star Fox would be a great movie. I could see that. Uh, I have a I have a question. Is would Link in this um, in this presentation would Link be largely quiet or would Link be more verbal? Because if he's being largely quiet, I feel like you could get away with that for a movie, but. If he's being more verbal, you've got more space to kind of expand out and do more with it. I think it would depend on the situation. I think um, I think he would largely be like, obviously he would be the main like protagonist and doing like the fighting and stuff. But I think when it came, comes to like the narrative, he would largely be like an observer. Follow up question. How much time do you spend having Link run around and busting pots and finding money in these pots? Well, that's like 90% of the runtime, Chad. <laughs> there was an old mini arcade where this guy's like, man, all my money's gone. All of it? Yeah. He goes, did you hide it? Yeah, I hid, I hid it in the pots like we always do. They found it in the pots? It's like, well, at least you've got your grass money still. It's like, no, they cut the grass and found it too. They cut the grass and found it too? Like, yeah. <laughs> great you know great gag but i would i would uh, largely base link on i'm gonna go real old school and obscure here did either of you read nintendo power when they did the link to the past like comic throughout the year of like nintendo power mm, no i would kind of base it on that as long as you're not basing it on the tv show no i wouldn't base it on tv show oh god that was I so mean, bad. I mean, I might make like the the fairy like the um the comic relief. Yeah, I, I'm thinking of hearing the excuse me, princess. Again. No, he wouldn't be oh, like no, no, oh, he no. wouldn't be doing that. No, good, good, good. Nothing, nothing makes you want to put an arrow through Link's own skull than hearing that. Because if if you if you play like just for an idea, like if you play Breath of the Wild, Link is largely an observer to the plot mm -hmm. because people because because really like it's a story about zelda mm -hmm. in that one and it's is about, he is link kind of like a personalized MacGuff, MacGuffin or something no so like what, he, he moves the plot along no so what happens in breath of the wild 
is you wake up in this chamber and what happens is you and Zelda tried to fight Calamity Ganon like a hundred years ago and you lost. Yeah. And so this is Zelda's been kind of holding everything together for that hundred years, but she's starting to falter. So Link kind of wakes up, but he doesn't have any memories. Yeah. So okay. the game is about going around and trying to figure out what's going on and slowly getting your memories back and then going off to help Zelda. And like kind of you have to do a couple things beforehand, but you're really kind of just an observer to what's going on mm. because you're okay. doing, you're doing the things like you're unlocking the guardians. You're, you're, you're doing these things, but you're also finding these memories of like what was going on previously where you like that really like unveils the plot for you. Yeah. I'm going to screw with you guys. So you guys are, are getting ready to end this whole, whole series right here, but I have never played a Zelda game through. Wow. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to put that on the review (laughs) list for you. (laughs) It just never happened. And it's not like I think there's anything wrong with it. Obviously, I look around and I can say I, something's not going to engender this kind of beloved response if it's not quality. And I know there were guys in college who were playing like Ocarina of Time and that sort of stuff. And I could see, you know, good mechanics, innovative stuff like the Ocarina playing was a fun mechanic. And that's I just never got around to it. Pick pick and one. Once, Pick one, and after Bioshock, we'll, we'll put that on the review list. Just pick one from the NES to now, and we will do it. I'm just saying, you know, once you get Not two. so... Okay, I take that back. You can do... You can do... You can pick any of them except for the second one for NES, because that game is hard as shit, and we, we will hate our lives if we do that one. I'm just saying, once you get kind of that far into the, into the lore and everything, it kind of feels like, eh, that'd be too much ketchup to do for everything right now see here's the thing um link and zelda are not the same link and zelda throughout the games they are mythical figures that like reincarnate every so often Hmm. okay so the link and zelda changes from game to game no some some games they are the same two if they're direct sequels but they are different each time I don't know if this is true, but I have heard like the rumor that uh, it's the same Ganon, just yeah, like different, probably. different like aspects of Ganon. Like Ganon is like supposed to be this like just uh, powerful evil pigman wizard. Yeah, basically like an evil, but it's like different aspects of him. But it's all they're all supposed to be like the same character. Like claim it again. It's supposed to be like the same Ganon as like Legend. I don't think the original. I don't think Calamity Ganon is actually Ganon. Hmm. Okay. Important question. What about Smash Brothers Ganon? That's um. I'm taking the piss. Don't worry about it. Or that's the or Canna of Time Ganon. Okay. I like I said. I'm just taking the piss. Don't worry about it. Um. Because that's um. Sheik's also. Or yeah. Or Karina of Time. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, you actually should play like Breath of the Wild. It's it's an amazing game that you could literally put like a hundred hours. You in. would like it, Chad. That yeah. that worries me because it's like, hey, you should play Breath of the Wild. You can put a hundred hours in it. I'm like, 
I'm not sure I've got it in me to put a hundred hours. No, but into see, <laughs> see the thing with the thing with Breath of the Wild is, if you know what you're doing, you can beat it in a couple hours because you can march right off to the Master Sword and not have okay. to worry about the weapons breaking. Because what essentially what what Breath of the Wild and what makes it different is, so, um, deep down the setting's post-apocalyptic Hyrule. Okay. Um, so. With it being open world, if you can see it, you can climb it. You just have to have enough stamina. And it's really just about you're tooling around the world. Um, you're finding these shrines, getting better, going and doing these quests. But, like, you know, if you're just like, well, I need to cross this thing. Like, well, what do I have? Like, oh, I have this metal door. I can use that. Or, oh, hey, I'm going to make a boat and use these powers for it. But, like, it's it's only as long as you want it to be. Okay. And like I, I had a friend that said, um, you know, I intentionally set out to play the game opposite of how it wanted me to. Like he just went out in a direction that was um opposite to what the game suggested and just to see how far he could get. And he's like, I got really far <laughs> into that direction before it. Mm-hmm. But it's Force like smacked you back. But it's kinda like, oh, um, let's like let's use my binoculars and see what's out there like oh there's like this glowy thing over here i bet that's a shrine i'm gonna go check that out mm-hmm. like that's kind of what it's like it sounds like it's playing it's like playing um fallout 3 or new vegas a little more open it's uh, there's less narrative structure to it that than that well i mean i think a lot of time into both of those. I know some people really didn't like three, but I liked three fine. It probably helps that that was the first fallout game I played. Um, but you know, I liked it fine and you know, you can go exploring and find stuff and things like that. But I just get worried about, it's like, Oh, you can put so many hours into it. And I'm like, um, right now I'm having a hard time putting so many hours into anything. Like the things that are really grabbing me right now are, it, it, that I haven't played before, I should say, that I haven't played before are things like, you know, good group games, good things you can play with, play with a crew of people. So you have replay value where you can be like, oh, you know, we're going and something with ghosts or we're doing, you know, group cooperative stuff is has kind of really grabbed me for the moment. Um, so. It, you know that's that's just kind of where I am. We did mention Bioshock. I have played Bioshock a lot. It is, I think, it's really good. But you know, we'll come back to it. I played it like halfway through the, but if we are going to review it for the the podcast, like I would probably need to play the whole thing through. Would you kindly? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that in coming. Yes. Um, uh, a man chooses a slave obey. Yes, God, that's such a good line. Um, one, a couple last things uh, about Breath of the Wild. It mm-hmm. basically, it's it it does kind of partially. It, it's not ultra dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not, but it actually is like a first certification of the trope after the end, mm-hmm. because it basically does take place like a hundred years after claim it again and basically like wrecked things yeah and he he like and killed all of like luke's friends he had to go into hibernation for a hundred years like to recover mm-hmm. and does it w- wakes up with no memory he has you have to like recover his memories and the world is still ongoing but there's still monsters and 
like he has to remember uh, how things are. But it's pretty good. And the other thing, I think Brad stepped away, so mm-hmm. I don't know if you would agree. But I, uh, to the extent I ship anything, I ship Zelda, uh, sorry, Link and Mifa. Okay. Which is, uh, if you if you ever played the game, you know who Mifa is. Mifa is uh, one of the the fish the fish people, Zora, the Zora. Okay. People. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're back. Oh, yeah. yeah. I uh, I like the two of them. I like that pair. <laughs> and the the boss battles are really memorable because like the um, elephant, you're like riding around on this fish, like fighting it. Yeah. I think it was a fish man actually. It's been a long time. Um, but yeah, you would like it because you can really take it at your own pace too. Okay. Oh yeah, I I I started playing it when my uh, first daughter was born, and it took me like. A year and a half to probably do everything, uh, and I don't even have the expansion pack, so I haven't done. You know, I do have an, I do have a nephew who's been trying to shame me about it. He's like, you haven't played it yet, and I'm like, oh, no, I haven't. He's like, but you have to, and I'm like, I don't think I have to. <laughs> and the the enemies, the like even the mook enemies, are you have to think about what you're doing. Okay. Okay. But it can be, like, uh, you can, like, come on this camp of, like, these, like, goblins, and they have, like, a little explosive thing, like, a little explosive thing, but I'm like, oh, okay, um, I'm gonna just toss a bomb over there and blow them all up, like, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So, let's go to our next question. I think we can get one yeah. more in. So... Um, what would be your desert island promotion for wrestling? So this is the idea that you would be on stuck on a desert island and you could only watch one promotion for the rest of your life, but you do get all of the the available content for said promotion. Mm. So I would probably go with Memphis just because it's such like in, in, like the, it's such an entertaining promotion from week to week, and I think that I think that I think like with it like I think it would that would rewatch really well. Hmm. I gotta think about this one because I still have not been able to pin this down. There's just. Uh, If you don't mind me processing out loud for a second, but there's part of it is how much would you have that you get like to go through? You get Um, you would have access to everything that is currently available. So if you if you like, let's say you took WCW, you would get JCP from 1985 to the very end, you'd get all the side TV, all the pay-per-views, all the clashes. But but what I mean is, like, when I what I'm considering is like one of the aspects is the sheer scope that you have available. Like, you got to take into consideration how much of that you have available to go go with, because you don't want to have not example, enough. Yeah, for example. If you if you were to say Chikara, that's cool. Chikara is entertaining and everything, but there's not as much of it. Yeah. And you got to take that in, into consideration. I 
Yeah, you got to get your bang for your buck. So I think that's why I said Memphis, because Memphis, there is 18 years worth of television. Also, you get to have Andy Kaufman. Yeah, and you get you get that you get the the house like the the Mid South Coliseum footage. So I think you get some good like not as much as you would get for WCW, but I think the quality to availability ratio would be a little better than WCW. Matt, what do you think? This is tough. Uh, I think I partially have like a. Re- they probably have like recency bias because it's like, well, AEW is like pretty goddamn good. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, AEW was on my short list. But it was like it was like Memphis, WCW, Mid South, AEW, and like all Japan. Memphis is a really good pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably personally would pick '90s All Japan, or really All Japan, but I mean '90s All Japan specifically because. 93 you, to 95. Yeah, you, you, maybe a little bit later, basically up until Baba's death. Yeah. Uh, you have just some unreal shit with Gordy Williams, uh, and that's not even touching like the four pillars, like Kawada, Tawe, Sawa, uh, Akiyama, Doctor Death, Kabashi. Yeah, yeah, I I mentioned him, but oh. yeah, you, oh, jump Sarita, like. In the early part before he like died. Uh, well, Jumbo, it, it's you get. Insane. I mean, if you go with all of the, all Japan, you get him as like the plucky up and comer into the ace, into the grumpy old veteran. Yeah, Jumbo. So you get like the whole arc of his career. Um, yeah. There. That, but I still think that '90s All Japan has two of the best feuds or matches of all time. Um, I thought I I still think that Masawa versus Kawada is like one of the best feuds of all time. They they put on some amazing matches, and I think that the uh, like the the Holy Demon Army team of Kawada and Tawe mm-hmm. might be the best tag team that mess, might be the best tag team of all time. And um, the the, Luke, 90, the best tag team matches of all time. The '95 Champions Carnival is like one of the best shows ever too. Yeah. It still holds up almost 30 years later. Actually, um, IVP just has all of 95 on Blu-ray. I need to get that because I have 93 and 94 on Blu-ray. And I think I have 84 on Blu-ray from him. But um, I need to get 95. I think... And... We've established pretty regularly here that even even in the era where it's pretty much the the only easily obtainable North American thing, I'm just I'm not a WWE guy, so I'm not gonna go with that. And AEW does a lot of stuff that I like. Um, I want to watch more Chikara because I you know through whatever can confluences of life i just haven't but you know being able having some good wrestling but also having some fun goofy stuff really appeals to me i know i've said it before but i wish i had done more fun goofy stuff when i was working um so i think i'm just gonna end up kind of defaulting back to taking wcw um that that 
that mid and late nineties era was really the formative stuff for me. And they had a really good, they had a really good three ring circus where it was, you had your cruiserweights doing cool stuff and you had your, your mid card guys doing cool stuff because the, the top of the card people weren't paying attention to them. So they didn't care what Ray and Eddie were doing early on in the show. Never mind that Ray and Eddie were stealing the show, but they weren't paying attention to them. And then you had the mid-card guys doing stuff, and you had a great tag division doing stuff. And you had, you know, then you had, like, some, even if you may have, might have gotten tired of it sometimes, you still had some really good top-of-the-card stuff. And I'm saying all this acknowledging full well the god-awful train wreck that was like 99-2000 WCW, which like, I know it was going to stay around for posterity's sake, but if it was if it was to be caught in a massive uh, massive fire, I don't think anything of value would be lost, because You get some bang for your buck, though, because if you think about what the good year is for because you're getting 85 to 2001 so yeah. 85 and 86 are pretty are really good. 87 is good. 89 is good. 92 mm-hmm. is good. Um, then you get 96, 97, and like seven months of 98. Like I said, that that super late 90s and 2000 era that is just all Russo dog shit. Um, and that's that, that's rough. And then you get the rebound like last four months. Yes. I mean, even in that era that was so awful, you still had like glimmers of hope because you still had things like, you know, the cruiserweight tag division, which the, God was so much fun. The fat chick thriller, um, Mike Awesome. I, I mean, OK, yeah, Mike Awesome was was a backstabbing dick bag for the way that he jumped on ECW. But nah, you know what? He wasn't getting paid. He owed them. Nothing. That's OK. That well, he may have not been getting paid at all. It which, okay, I get, I get that at least. He but, said he said he got the call and he was on the road not getting paid and he was just like, why not? And he did do the job. He did do the job. They they had to like take special precautions to make sure nobody stabbed him going in and out. But he did do the job. To Taz, who was working for the WWF at the time, but whatever. Who was um. Oh, I, I just I don't even remember. I think it was on Nitro. I just have vague recollections because it was scary as fuck when he um, power bombs a shaggy two dope on the on the top of the the bus. And he starts sliding off and he tried to save him and he just couldn't and he tried like, to catch him. Yeah. yeah. No, he tried to yeah. grab his leg because he started sliding off the, yeah. the edge. Yeah, he did. Um, and he power bombed him and that was rough to start with. And then Shaggy starts sliding and you can just see him go shit, 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 shit. And he's like, he's got a hold of like, he's reaching cause he was wearing shorts. If he had been wearing long pants, Mike would have had something to grab, but he was wearing shorts. So Mike's reaching for his ankle to get him. And he just gets a, like, just out of just fingertips on the sock kind of thing. I mean, um, I have to give it to Shaggy. He, he probably could have done something, but he was committed to the cell that he went right off the yeah the side. And, and I can't, like I said, I, those guys did that because they wanted to. Like there was no, they they were monetarily secure. They were just well, do, doing that because they wanted if you, to. If you so. listen to their shoot interviews, like he um 
they talked about they were doing that on like Detroit Indies with like old ass like Bobo Brazil and the Sheik like still doing matches in the late eighties. Yeah. Because um, Violent J would wrestle and like Shaggy was like managing him, so like those guys were legit. And I know that have you have you read the Terry Funk story with them? Oh yeah, we're uh, uh... no. Okay, so he oh wait, got... yes, I have. I, yeah, yeah, right. I, think it, I know what you're referring to. Yeah, where he thought like where they came over and you know they had a talk and he's like, yeah, I thought they were just gonna leave me like 200 bucks or something, and I pull it out and it's like a 2,500 dollar check. Yeah. For like using him and stuff, he's like, yeah, I love the ICP. Yeah. <laughs> like the, those guys really did appreciate wrestling, and. So, you know, but that era with Russo's god awful doesn't make any sense. Super short matches because he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Everything on a pole match. The, who in the fuck thought of Viagra on a pole match was something yeah. that anybody wanted to see. And I have to but, say, they, they made the Oddities Act, like, work for the brief time that they were, like, using it. Yes, that was, that's true. That that really put it over. And then, that was another Russo thing. He had the Oddities they had the, the ICP turn on the oddities for no real reason. It just kind of happened. Um, Cause I don't know. You didn't see that coming. It's like, shit, that's not a good who, enough reason. To do I anything. mean, and who, who gets John Tenta and puts <laughs> him under a mask with like a golf ball in it. And had him carry around a big Cartman doll. Yeah. But like, cause hey, this, is, this is a guy that, that had done jack shit for like two years and he just popped up on a nitro for that Piper thing and got like a massive pop. Yeah. Yeah. John Tito was wasted. He was so actually good. Yeah, he was. You know, the irony of, um, that sumo match he lost to Yokozuna is he was a legitimate sumo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he could have wrecked. uh, No offense. He could have wrecked Yokozuna if he wanted to. Yeah. That's, um, that's, um, still my favorite, train wreck that we've never reviewed is the the um katawe oh yeah <laughs> um shoot where like um he won't cooperate with tenna but Meltzer talked about this but he didn't want to fully commit because he was worried because of um tenta being an accomplished amateur wrestler that he couldn't take him yeah because you can just oh, see it's... the you can just see the point where tenna's like i've had enough like okay okay dude let's just get nuts i never heard a bad thing about Tenta. Like, he was always, I heard, like, really good. Uh, not just his work rate, but, like, as he, I've heard he was, like, a kind, like, considerate person. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a sad thing that he he left us so early, but... Yeah, he, I think he, he, was, he, he only lived to be, like, what, like, 41 or 42, maybe? Yeah, he was, like, in his early 40s. Got, what, stomach early cancer, colon cancer or something? Yeah, he got colon stomach. cancer, I think. I remember that because he ended up doing a lot of stuff with R.D. Reynolds on WrestleCrap. And R.D. was the one who kind of like broke it to everybody. He's like, well, here's the thing. And, you know, he's trying, but it's rough. And then, they, you know, he ended up passing. And But, like, Brad, you sent me that, that, um, that thing with uh, what's, his, what's his face, but... Like, you can see he's trying to be professional through the whole thing until it finally hits the point where he just kind of throws up his hands like, fine, let's go. And the dude is backpedaling so hard. He could have won the Tour de France in reverse because he just he keeps walking backwards away from 10 around the ring. 
Well, because, like, yeah, like, you can see the breaking point where it's like, okay, dude, like, if we're doing this, like, let's let's go. Yeah. And then yeah. you can kind of tell that guy's like, oh, shit, like, yeah. I think I made a mistake. Yeah. And he grabs the mic to try and be like, this isn't real. This isn't real. He's not, we're not supposed to be doing this for real. And Tent is like, I'm about to get real. So, so what happened there is I guess they were both sumos, but, but, um, Tenta was a lower class sumo than mm-hmm. that guy. And that's why he was being such a bitch about it. But he also was a pussy because like I said, this is all from Meltzer. He wasn't sure he could handle Tenta because of the amateur wrestling. So he was being a bitch, but he wouldn't fully commit because, um, he might lose. Yeah. He probably, he probably couldn't handle him. Uh, and again, Tenta was not a guy who like abused his size. No, but, but Tenta, Tenta, like Tenta, is one of the most like quietly accomplished athletes in like wrestling. Oh, ridiculously strong. Mm-hmm. Like, like amateur wrestling, sumo, football, rugby. Like yeah. he did a lot. For a guy that like when he debuted in like WWE, I think he was like in his twenties still. Yeah, if yeah. you if you if you look at um and he was much smaller like if you look at his debut in all Japan in like the 80s he's a much smaller guy. Yeah. It, uh I think we've all seen the clip but like he like Bossman back when Bossman like was much bigger. Mhm. Did like a uh I feel like a top rope dive. Oh yeah, and he caught him. On a Tenta and Tenta caught him but didn't ca- catch him like Oh, I'm catching you, but you're clearly heavy, so I'm gonna use the momentum of you coming to like to immediately power slam you, so it's like you don't actually like hold the guy. Mm-hmm. Like he grabbed him and like held him and then slammed him down. It's yeah, like, you stopped him dead. Like you just, yeah, you just grabbed, like caught a guy that's like 300 plus pounds, like nothing, nothing, yeah. and, and it, slammed him down. It's 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 a visually. And in real life, it's incredibly impressive. Yeah, uh, I, you know who else is incredibly strong? Because Big Show complained about it on sh- some shoot interview, is um, Kane, because he said he would let Kane pick him up for something, and K- he would hear Kane giggling, and he would just hold him up way too long. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's hilarious though is um. Hikaru Shida going, that doesn't work for me, brother, on the oh, RJ yeah. City. <laughs> Yes. Uh, that's such a good clip. Or him, um, his Big Show one's funny where they're like in the bed on New Year's. <laughs> I, I have not watched enough of his stuff. No, they're hilarious. Uh, need, they need to. They are. They they actually they need to put those like more out there for like yeah. normies to see because I think that would go over with like they actually need to get rid of like their behind the scenes thing and just do a show with him. I, I would be worried that we might hit saturation and, you know, because he's got some bits that don't necessarily land. It's dependent on the other person. Yeah, but he's 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 doing great where he is. And if he'd feel like taking it up, great. But if he's like, no, 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 I don't want to do that because I don't you know, I'm not comfortable pushing this past where we are. It's like I get that. The, the Mark Briscoe one is like that needs to be like preserved by the Library of Congress because that is that is one of the most genius like bits of entertainment I've ever watched. What, where where is he built from? Briscoe? Oh, somewhere in Mar- Delaware. I don't remember. Yeah, I know. But there was the 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 official name. He's like, but that's not really a town, is it? He goes, well, but that's where the farm is. He goes, 
is it really? Goes, it I think like it a, is. <laughs> but I like when he's like, well, you're very eloquent. Like, what do you think on the war in Ukraine? And he's just like, like, well, okay, let's move on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's been talked about, but have you guys seen, I think it's like the last episode of, uh, of AEW Dynamite, but the whole, like, um, uh, Jared's group goes to, like, a oh. Briscoe farm. But they're, like, super nice, and they're, like, they actually are doing chores all day. Yeah. Did they, did and, like, they, Jared, did they whip out Papa Jared, Briscoe, who's, like, a national treasure? Oh, yeah. Like, they are, like, all fine and everything until Papa Briscoe is, like, yeah, he's at what these assholes doing here. He walks uh, up, and Jared hops up out of the chair he was sitting on the porch. He goes, here, sir, take my chair, and, like, clears out. Oh yeah, Jer- and, but they're doing chores that, including Jarrett, like uh, driving, uh, basically like a tractor type of thing. Uh, I think it's, it's someone like said it's like a, it's called like a turnaround or something like that. I don't know. He's they're doing chores. Side. The funny thing is like uh, when they when uh, <laughs> when Mark answers the door, he's got like his, his son with him, and Jarrett's like, oh, it's a beautiful girl, and he's like, it's like like boy, <laughs> boy, <laughs> and then um, Saddam Singh is just like carrying the boy around like the boys and like the, the the kid's like a not even like a year old or maybe he's like a year but he's like just carrying around like and the the kids are like in his pjs and Saddam's in overalls but Saddam is like so nice and sweet with the kid it's yeah. like it's you're watching it and you lose your mind you're like what the fuck am i watching it's, but it's hilarious because they're like they're actually like are into it and they're nice yeah i love like it, when you get papa briscoe um promos you always knew like shit was getting real yeah, and Papa Briscoe has the best line. He goes, "Don't trust that one in the overalls." He goes, "Which one? There's more than one of them." And he goes, "Any of them." <laughs> it's such a great clip. It's it's it not even that long. It's like maybe two three minutes. It's but it's yeah. up it's there. So it's up there with the Heath Slater, like when they go to Heath Slater's house with Rhino. Yeah. And um, he's talking, and you know, he has his kids and stuff, and Rhino's sitting there. Just in the background, he's putting frowny faces with the cheese whiz and the crackers and eating them. <laughs> See, there's stuff where if you give guys license to to relax and have a little fun with it, they're going to come up with gold because these are guys who they perform for a living. They know what's going to land. Let them do it. Yeah, it's Sandy Fork, Delaware. I looked it up. Okay, yeah. Uh, Sandy Fork's not a real place, is it? It's where the farm is. It's a fork in the road. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I need to watch Brad. Yeah. Okay, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I need to rewatch ahead. the the Jarrett group on on the because even Justin popped for it. And he doesn't like that group. It, it's funny because RJ is so good at busting your chops that you are yeah. desperately trying to hold the only the only person that gives him a run for the money is when you put Danhausen on there, oh, and yeah. so he is he's in this place where he's trying not to laugh and he has to act angry about it that his final v blog though they when they were at the carnival renee paquette is a fucking animal like he's walking with her and she's like double fisting like the candied apples <laughs> while eating a hot dog i'm like holy fuck how are you like 110 pounds uh, it's that it's that john moxon money yeah we gave him 40 dollars. i think um didn't pay didn't page buy like a huge thing of cotton candy too with yeah. it yeah yeah with that John Moxon money, yeah, it, it's it, it's it's his last vlog for a while because yeah. he he can't record any while he's hurt. Yeah, and he's got a he's got a pretty decent lead time on him. But um, 
Uh, just quick about the Jericho group. Uh, Brian Alvarez said this, uh, and he's he's right. It's like this that whole segment that they did. It, this basically is like you're turning the face. Like people, it's so funny of like a segment with Mark Briscoe. Mm-hmm. And they they come off like so likable, like you basically you're turning them from heel to face. Uh, I don't know if they will do that, uh, but I, I think that's that's possible in the future because they actually like come off very like a face, like very endearing. Yeah. Uh, but I will play this, Brad. That doesn't work for me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> also, Satnam Singh is better than Omos by a lot. Oh yeah, yeah he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Let me go back to John Tenta really quickly. Uh, he was not really well used in the oddities, but Brad, it did give us one of the best theme songs. There it goes. Hit it. I unironically love this theme song. Well, it's because it was like Ron and Fez's theme it was forever. So who was it was? I sure like if they have copyright. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Who who was it in? So it was um, it was him. It was Kurgan. And who else? Oh, Oh, Giant Silva. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. I was. Were there there not any smaller members of it too? No. Okay. So, I think Sable hung out with them for a while. Um. I think that was just the three of them. Cause I think they did some, I, I was thinking of, um, great Cully. I'm like, no, but they, cause they teamed up in new Japan, him and Silva. Oh, okay. For a while. That's why I was getting them confused. So let's see. What was the last question? Let's see if we can cram this last one in real quick. Uh, this, the, uh, if it's the one I think it is, this is going to be like a long one. Let me see. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not do that one. That one. Yeah, that's 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 that, going to take some time. Yeah, that's a, that's a that is a whole episode unto itself. <laughs> it I was think. ambitious for us to put it on the list, even. Well, but, I thought. Yeah, we're like two hours in. Like, yeah. I, I have like a lot of thoughts on this one, but I, yeah, 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 maybe we'll do that sure next it. week. Yeah, I'll, that'd be fair. Because I knew the had I thought the Hasbro um, Watsy one was going to take us. A long ass time. It's just well, I mean, it, it took a significant chunk on its own way, and I know full well that there's probably stuff that I either glossed over or didn't get quite right. I know that, but for an overview, I like to think I did pretty good on it. Um, because there's just there is a lot to that train wreck. No, and there's stuff there's stuff that came before that we weren't we didn't. Discuss. Yeah, that's also true. That's also true. So. All right. Well, everybody, um, thank you for being with us for this episode. Thank you for listening. We'd love to hear from you on social media. Um, We are gearing up another project coming soon, provided that we can get all the pieces in order for it. And um, maybe eventually we'll get Matt's pet peeves in there. I don't know (laughs) when we'll pull that off. But um, anyway, we'd love to hear from you. Um, This is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth, and we'll catch you next time.